When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This is a podcast from Minute Media. I'm solid to the crack, never change. Me and my son of rain, it gets wet when we hang. I'm solid, could touch the blue part of the flame, the blue part of the flame. And nothing else. I want to roll with those who welcome to fire. The sports comedy podcast that lives every week like it's flipping Boston fans to double birds before losing anyway. I'm your host, Adam Weinerman. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Kyrie Irving's mindfulness app, which is 120 minutes of dudes from Southie chanting, Sage can't help you. And in the timbre of Gus Johnson's voice as he tries to make a Pascal Siakam layup to cut the deficit to 8258, sound like a buzzer beater in Vermont, Syracuse. Big show today, comedian and host of Unemployed, Anna Roisman joins me. But first, let's take a quick trip through the headlines. Kyrie Irving flipped off the Boston crowd during game one of Celtics Nets, led Brooklyn to their biggest comeback of the season, and then got beat by Jason Tatum on the first buzzer beater win in home Celtics playoff history. Even worse, after the game, the leprechaun stepped on him. Yes, Kyrie flipped the bird, then he flipped the McHale, which is a punch to someone's nuts while getting back on defense. Look out when the series shifts to Brooklyn, though, as Mayor Eric Adams plans to institute a private sector mandate that bans all Celtics in the workplace. As my aunt said when twins stole her inflatable pool, the Splash Brothers are back! Steph Curry and Klay Thompson have been joined by guard Jordan Poole in taking a 2-0 lead on Denver in their best of seven. To try to counteract the Warriors' advantage, the Nuggets have signed four more dudes who look like Nikola Jokic, and it is not going well. Lakers legend Jerry West has demanded a retraction of his character's behavior in the HBO show Winning Time. Said West, fuck man, let's fucking bullshit, and you fucking know it. I don't fucking sound like that one fucking bit, and fuck Boston. Upon further examination, West was mainly upset that they hired an Australian to do an American's cursing. Also, you cannot retract a TV show. Sorry, Mr. West. Manchester City has apologized on behalf of their fans who booed a moment of silence for deceased Liverpool fans before their FA Cup battle. And shame on them. Every true Brit knows you're supposed to use a moment of silence to chug. The Liverpool crowd responded by improvising an out-of-tune song about what happened. They booed during the pause. Before the game, it was rude. It's not a good tune. Bill Belichick turned 70 years old this past weekend, and if you didn't wish him a happy birthday, believe me, he saw you. Nobody's destroying those tapes. 
Though he's long been anti-social media, there's no time like the present for Belichick to get really into Facebook. Opening the saloon-style doors to the Patriots' offices on Monday, like, stayed up 48 hours straight this weekend, and I got some fantastic new stuff. If we run a reverse, we just might be able to get Georgia back in play and take this country back. Oh, okay, bud. Panthers offensive coordinator Ben McAdoo said Sam Darnold would be his starting quarterback, then immediately added, that wasn't something I should have said. That wasn't McAdoo's worst gaffe, though. He later called the Panthers offense a problem, then added, quote, for me. Jordan Spieth won a title on Easter Sunday for the second consecutive year. He is hooking, he is hooking, and nope, he is risen. Spieth was four under to open the day, but miraculously, hours later, only three were still under. Even when he was in the rough, he didn't cave. Not even for 72 hours. Red Sox starter Tanner Houck announced he cannot pitch in Toronto because he's unvaccinated, which is a shame because Houck has the nastiest stuff in the game. And by nastiest stuff, I mean the active COVID he brings maskless to local restaurants. Whenever any baseball team goes to Toronto, it's like the last episode of a true crime podcast where you're like, oh my god, incredible twist, 12 of these players are selfish. Houck also said in his response that he felt bad about missing the game, but he'd do, quote, anything to help his team. But considering we only know one thing he could do to help his team and he's not doing it, you have to assume there are a couple of others. Like if preventing measles could get him a ring, he probably wouldn't do that either, for example. Marcus Smart of the Celtics became the first guard to win Defensive Player of the Year honor since Gary Payton in 1995-96, and the first not good guard to win it ever. Coach K's grandson, Michael Savarino, has entered the transfer portal from Duke his drives are a little reckless, but he's got the perfect finish. And that finish is... Do you know who my grandfather is? And veteran pitcher Jake Arrieta announced his retirement this week, saying it was, quote, just my time. To which Clayton Kershaw responded, Stay in there, you baby! This is ruining the game! That's it. Coming up, Anna Roisman on Philly fans, tennis parents, Kobe Bryant in high school, and that time she got in a bar fight. I'm here with comedian Anna Roisman, uh, who I have not seen in a long time. And this is sort of just how I reconnect with people now. I have them on my sports podcast, uh, even if it doesn't, you know, feel like a natural overlap. Anna, thank you so much for joining me. <laughs> thank you for having me. When you reached out and I was like, I love sports, all the sports, you name it. <laughs> I was like, finally, you found your your match. You know, yeah, this uh... <laughs> is the most relevant guest I've ever had uh, on a sports pod. But you you taught me something quickly about your fandoms that I didn't know and so I know mm -hmm. you as a I know you as a Philly girl right so I kind yes. of was like um I was like it'd be great to talk Philly or whatever and you were like well just a heads up I'm flagging that I sort of became a Boston supporter <laughs> in college is that is that true and like yeah how how, how Boston passionate are you still Okay, so growing up in Philly, you know Philly is a huge sports town, right? Every Very. every sport was pretty good. And like, you know, my my dad really followed Philly sports. He was from there. And then I go to school in Boston and I'm like, wait a minute, these guys win everything. They they win more than Philly. And so I was like, I don't really care that much about Philly sports. What am I gonna walk around Boston in a fucking Eagles sweatshirt? I'm gonna get beat up. So uh, am I allowed to curse? So I yeah. I oh yeah. Freshman year, I'll never forget. I decided it was in the door. I was in the dorms, and the Eagles were against the Patriots in the Super Bowl. And this one other guy who actually went to my high school, he lived in on my floor in freshman year. 
And we were the only two people wearing Eagles. My mom sent me an Eagle shirt to college. She's like, you should wear this. This is important. This is really important for our city. <laughs> and I was like, mom, I live like next to Kenmore square. Like I was like, are you kidding? Like, this is dangerous. He was the only one in an Eagle shirt. And I remember being like, we're the fucking outcasts of this floor. Like our whole floor, like was watching, you know, in, in the dorm or whatever, like they had a big party, like a screening and of the game. And, and we were just sitting there just like, this sucks. So from then on, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to root for the Patriots. They always won. They win everything. And then I was dating someone who was a, a, a Giants fan. So that was even more fun to be like, oh, you like the Giants? Like, I like the Patriots. <laughs> just to stir things up, you know? Patriots fans love to do that. So you clearly took to it naturally. Like, I even if it so. didn't come by birth. And I don't know that much about Philly and Philly culture, but I will say that for me, Philly sports culture is a mom who will mail you Philly sports sweatshirts. Yes. And be <laughs> yes. like, hey, sorry, check your mail. Like, I don't know if you already have this, but you're going to want it. Like, so yeah, my sure. mom like waited online for like the limited edition, you know, like like Super Bowl shirts or whatever. Um, I remember some Philly sports stuff from growing up. I literally, you're going to laugh. I was trying to tell Jared earlier. I was like, here are the names I know. I know. Is this good enough for a podcast? Wait, give me the names before I okay. have follow-ups. You just list the Philly names. Okay, the names that come to my mind when I think of Philadelphia sports. Uh, this is gonna age me too. It's gonna fucking. I'm gonna. I'm. I swear I'm 24. Uh, Lenny Dykstra. Uh huh. Okay, Lenny Dykstra from the Phillies. Uh, Allen Iverson. I mean, yeah. my entire childhood. Um, uh, Charles Barkley. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um oh there was the hockey player Lindros jerseys yep. yes 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 and and then wait there was like there was like one more I might fuck it oh well we talked about Kobe Bryant because he went to Laura Marion High School which is where I grew up so he was like the legend of my town oh I don't even think I knew that because I I mean so I, I mean pot for the listeners um, my, my fiance is also, uh, from a similar area, like, oh yeah, I think not, I not from, that. yeah, not from lower Marion, but from, you know, the main lines. I didn't know you were a lower Marion, you know, native. Well, obviously I went Kobe to Harridan. I didn't go to his high school. There's two high schools in the district. They're both public schools. Um, so I didn't go to lower Marion. Um, but he did. And it was a big, his best friend was my mom's, my mom's a dentist, her hygienist son, so they like went to prom together. And I remember it was this huge deal. He took Brandy to prom and it was yes. like the town, you know, the talk of the town. Like it was every, it's just so funny to think like he wasn't even like, you know, professional yet, but everyone was like, oh, he's bringing this singer to the Lower Marion prom. It was a big deal. Yeah. That's like, I remember my, I mean, my high school, the athletes were me and like, nobody wow. cared. Like the local newspaper didn't care who I brought to prom. Like just a friend. <laughs> I'm like, shocked actually. Yeah. That I, I was hope they've athlete. written the article athlete turned comedy. You know what I mean? Like it turns mm -hmm. to comedy. That's a pretty good article for your hometown, you know? Well, I mean, I was written up in the local patch. Like I don't wow. know, brag, but they did write an article when we went to Toronto sketch fest. And it was very embarrassing. That's cool. Everybody, everybody was sending snippets that were like, I don't even remember what I said. I, I gave them some quote about how I loved coming up with one-liners in middle school. And they like <laughs> wrote it up as if I was like, like Weinrib did his training in crafting one-liners. <laughs> like, this sucks. I, was I like, love it. No, I know. Um, but Kobe, I mean, that's a huge person to attach yourself to. I, I think what, what, whenever I want to talk to somebody from Philly, I just want to ask, like, I know obviously you, you made the Boston switch, but being a <laughs> Philly fan, like, like you've alluded to, 
really means something like Philly sports fans, the diehards are, are scary. And the experience at those games can be quite terrifying, like a lot of fights, very pugnacious. Do you yeah. ever feel, do you feel those Philly sports roots coming out at any point, even after you switch to mostly, <laughs> you know, yeah, I'd say I'm a more, uh, I'm a very aggressive person. I don't really, you know, I don't hide anything. Uh, I say it like it is. I think that's a big thing at Philadelphia people, you know, like you just see these people in their fucking Eagles jackets and they'll be like, you's coming over for the pregame, you know, like they are, uh, they're hardcore. I'd say I'm hardcore in a lot of ways. I'd say, yes, I guess I could identify as, as a Philly sports fan without knowing a, a single thing about the sports <laughs> nowadays. I think Chase that doesn't Utley. Is that, that's another one. That's a guy. There you go. He lived in the building next to my parents when they moved to the city. He had like a whole floor. It was like everyone knew. He'd like walk around, you know, they'd be like, it's him. Did they ever get invited to his floor? Or was that mostly secret? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so. My mom definitely probably tried, you know, she probably, yeah. he was a Phillies player. She probably oh, like yeah. wore her jersey around. Um, but yeah, I feel like also Philly, like fans, like my mom would dress our dogs up in like Phillies jerseys because they were red, white, and blue. So that was like their July 4th outfit or like, you know, opening day. My dad was a huge baseball fan, but like, I don't know baseball. I don't know if he was as big of an Eagles fan. He'd watch them, but I don't think he went to as many games. He used to go to like a lot of Phillies games. That was going to be sort of my next natural landing spot. Oh. Like, do you remember, do you remember your first Phillies game? Did you, you went to the vet, I assume like the old mm -hmm. stadium. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't remember my first, I remember going to them. I feel like I even had a birthday party or my brother had a birthday party there. Do you remember like birthday parties at baseball games? You'd like bring like 10 friends and you'd get, you'd sit high up. <laughs> at least we would. Oh, and no, like, we'd all get scene. like yeah. the ice cream in the cup with the, the hat or whatever. That's what I remember about the game. I'd get the ice cream in the, and the Philly fanatic. Um, but you'll love this. I do remember this. My dad, I wasn't there. I think it was the year, like my brother's like almost two years younger than me, a little less. And so there was a time where I was at sleep, sleepaway camp and he was still home. And my dad took my brother to a Phillies game and my dad caught a foul ball and they used to tape those and they'd give you the tape with the, you know, in, in real time. And then it would, they'd have a slow motion edit attached like on and so we had this vhs tape and my dad catches the ball and everyone's cheering and then he takes it and it's like this big like arm and he hands it to my brother who's like seven and my brother's cheering and holding the ball and we would play this vhs at like fucking holidays like it would be like <laughs> thanksgiving Passover, we pop it in. We'd be like, "Do you remember the time Richard caught the ball and, and gave it to Abraham?" And like, we would play this slow motion video of my dad handing him the catching it and handing it to him. And we were like, "I, I just remember that was like a a tape that we would like watch a lot." <laughs> the idea too that you're playing it at family holidays, and then after a certain number, the family's like, "Yeah, we saw it at Passover. We like, saw it last time." We already yeah. have It's very short. Yeah, like we remember it yeah. specifically. I. That's funny that you mentioned that because I, as a kid, I went to a couple of Phillies games at the old stadium too. And what I remember, obviously, I think my parents did a good job of shielding me from the people <laughs> who are like the spooky fans, like the terrifying older men. But I remember that there was a very good AV setup. Like, like it doesn't shock me that you were able to get a video of your dad catching a foul ball because they had a thing where they would let 
kids call a game for a half an inning and like oh keep it for you also and then you could get like an audio tape of you being an announcer at the Phillies game <laughs> I remember going and being like this is my favorite team now like yeah. when I was like 11 or 12 obviously I outgrew it but I was like this is so much cooler with the like Yankees don't let you do this this is great yeah um, I did so, once yeah. play the national anthem there too I forgot that's, that was a that's a huge deal you wait you waited this long for that well, it wasn't like I did it solo. I played the alto saxophone and my high school band got to play a Phillies game, which was a big deal then. And I'll remember that was like my first time ever drinking alcohol. Like, why would I sabotage a gig like this? Before the but, game? Yeah, why? Yeah, on the school bus. We like got on the bus at our school, you know, with our instruments and like whatever. And I remember someone brought like some snapples and like little things of vodka and they were like if you just like you could just pour this vodka in a snapple and like no one's gonna know and we were all like this is so badass like we're gonna be so cool playing the Phillies game and we're like drunk like I don't know I was a very good girl I probably had like a sip but I just remember being like this is so bad like what if they like test you when you have to get into the stadium (laughs) yeah I think I think a lot of other Philly fans would have a bigger problem if they if they alcohol tested you at the door rather than the band I don't think they're expecting it from the band (laughs) that is I you know what's funny though when you said that you're like the old scary people Mm. I feel like I had this notion that some of those fans like lived at the stadium like do you know what I mean? Like yes, year do. round, like they just like, that was their one outfit and they just like, they walked in for the games, but they lived in their cars when it wasn't time in the parking lot. Like I had this, you know, they, they weren't clean. They, I was like, they probably just live here. Like that's their life, you know, like just staying here for, for baseball games. I mean, do you ever do an Eagles tailgate? Because like those yeah, same folks thing. are very similar. Yeah, They live there. Yeah. I You know, I imagine it's probably worse for the Eagles because like, I don't know that I've ever been to an Eagles game, which is crazy. I always say that. I did one uh, this Christmas and I did one. I tailgated with people who it's I mean, I trust me when I say it's like a whole culture that I feel like you're it's in your blood. But even if you yeah. haven't done it like there. There was a guy who it was a dude who had a bus that had like 40 people on the bus and the bus had been picking people up in the burbs for like 40 years. Like it was families who had passes to the bus from 1983 and had still like just been grandfathered onto the bus. Wow. And so like there was, a you know, full food spread, tomato pie. First time I ever had that in my life. The best. But also shrimp and like salmon and like higher end food and you could use the bathroom on the bus but you needed a credential like you were media you couldn't just be a guest you had to have like the bus pass and then the driver would be like (laughs) oh yeah no we know you like into the bathroom like yeah so there's an elite no there's that high class elite tailgate but then like you said there is also that group where you're like do you live here you might live here you might live here yeah no disrespect. If that's your life and that's what makes you happy, great. What was that movie, the Bradley Cooper movie? Remember, you saw how important Eagles were. Yeah. What uh, he was lived, it? He wears a trash bag. Um, Silver yeah. Linings Playbook. Yeah. Silver Linings Playbook. Yes, yes, yes. That was that was funny to me because I was like, wow, yeah, now everyone's going to see how like psycho the Eagles fans are. Well, in that movie, he he drops in at a tailgate and then like minutes later, he is in a brawl. Like it doesn't take much, doesn't take much to set it off. It's just like nope. putting Bradley Cooper in the combustible mix of people is enough 
for everybody to start throwing hands. Yeah. <laughs> I've never, I've never been in a fight at a. Have you ever, se- have you ever seen or participated in a fight at a at a Philly stadium? No, not at a Philly stadium. No, I have gotten in a fight at a bar once. A woman sports bar a- or regular? No, bar? a regular bar. But honestly, you could put me in a Philly stadium. I'd probably fight back too. Like I kept saying that. I'm like, I fight back if someone. You know what I mean? You like do. even. Even my road rage is not good. You know, like if you're slow or you say something to me, like I will put my window down and curse you out. I don't care. My mom always is like, you're going to get killed one day in the car with the way you behave. But well, it's officially, yet, it's, so. it's on record now. Like, so that if it does happen, we'll have the podcast as proof. There you go. Yeah. Um, Play this. I'm not, I'm not just going <laughs> to let you gloss over your bar fight, though. <laughs> It was very stupid. It was like a bar in Union Square. Okay. So that's already bad news. Yeah. And I was young. I had just moved to New York. And I remember it was like a bar that like, there were a lot of, ta- it was at a hotel too. This was like a classy joint. And there were like a lot of tables, at, but it was like one bench. You know what I mean? You know, when like bars have that like side of like, there's just like a long banquette and then there's like tables and you sit at a table. And apparently I like my bag touched this woman and she like whipped around and was like, your bag's touching me. And I was like, sorry, we're sharing a bench. (laughs) And, and she was like old, but she had pigtails. And like, she looked like she was like trying to be in hair, the musical, like she had like a full on, like a hippie outfit and like flowers and shit. And I probably said that, like, I was like, I'm sorry. What are you trying to like? Okay. Hippie lady. Like I I said something, I was like, I'm sorry. We have to share this thing. And she took her martini and spilled it on me. So I, I threw it back and I was like, fuck you. You like, I lost it. And then that's when I decided no women over, you know, 45 should be in pigtails unless it's Halloween. <laughs> I would, yeah, I would even say like 38, 39. We're probably. Yeah, I would even say 18 or nine, you know. Let's go, let's go down. Yeah, nine, eight. <laughs> Overalls and pigtails. Like it's probably yeah, upper. I think we hit the upper limit on that a long yeah. time ago. Of course, I go for her like appear. I'm like such a bitch. I'm like, I, I'm like, well, look at what the fuck you're wearing, lady. What do you mean? My bag is touching you. I mean, she's a, Put- she's like a hippie, clearly like o- open morals in terms of dirtiness, cleanliness, but still a, a bag. <laughs> I don't even think she was much. a hippie. She was a hippie, like the Halloween costume hippie that you like get out of a bag that has like, you know, thing around your head and like, like straight up, not a hippie. You know? Was this Halloween or is she just weird? No, she was just in it, you know? Yeah. She was just feeling it. Deep in the vibe. I love it. But I, I never it. had a martini spilled on me before. I was like, that's what is- I was gonna say. I've I've always wanted to have that happen to me. Not a chocolate martini, but like yeah. a, a regular martini might be nice. It's in a way, you know what? It's good. I'm talking about it on a podcast many years later. So yeah. Welcome <laughs> to welcome to goddamn New York. Um <laughs> I I would be remiss if I did not mention this. You you obviously spent time at hosting HQ. Yeah, um, which means that you worked with Scott Rogowski in in some capacity. A famous Mets fan. Yeah. How how often did he talk about the Mets on a scale of one to stop talking about the Mets? <laughs> he, you know, he didn't talk about the Mets that much to me, probably because he knew I would have nothing to contribute to the conversation. But I knew he loved baseball. Like everyone, you know, it was like his his joy. And so uh, when he got the job working for MLB, that was very cool. Because I was like, oh, that makes so much sense. I love when like people, you know, it's it's almost like MLB knew. They knew he was such a fan. And they like, they like picked him. And I'm like, yeah. When the universe matches you with something you're really passionate about, mm, that's amazing. So uh, you know, we talked about that then. That was really cool for him. But 
he didn't mention sports that much to me. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe he was scared. Maybe he was scared. I'm going to be like, you know, those Red Sox. <laughs> I mean, yeah. the Red Sox, huh? And he'd or, be like, yeah. screw you. Or that your mom might mail him a sweatshirt if you talk too much about <laughs> specifics. Um, have you ever worked with any athletes, by the way, doing comedy? Um, I always mm. love to ask this because I never know. Sometimes people are like, oh, yeah, I did a video with Shaq. And it's like, wait, what? Why did you do that? Um, um, I'm trying to think. Have I ever done anything with athletes? I feel like I, I've worked for athletes. Like I, back in the day when I worked in restaurants, I met a lot of famous athletes. Um uh, I can give you a couple of good ones. Uh, well, Tom Brady, I've met like at least three times because of Boston. He would come into the restaurant I worked at in Boston, like okay. all the time. I've met Tom Brady with his old wife and with uh, Giselle, which mm-hmm. is hilarious. Bridget Moynihan, uh, that's how old I am. Uh, I've seen him through multiple marriages. Always nice, very quiet. Um, didn't really, Bob Kraft used to come in every week to the restaurant. That Bob and Ellen Kraft were big regulars at the restaurant I worked at in so I kind of, you know, what am I going to stand there and be a Phillies fan, uh, you know, a Philly fan? Like, no, I mean, not Philly, Eagles fan, um, right? He owns the Patriots, Bob yeah. Kraft. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah nothing. <laughs> I should know that I served him many yeah, times. Yeah, you're a diehard, diehard. Um, I'll never, ever forget. I'm a huge, I'm a tennis player. I should let you know that. That is my sport. Mm-hmm. I do know tennis. I've played my whole life. My mom wanted me to like play in college and everything. And I was like, the theater's calling my name. Um, so I, I didn't do that, but she's a pro tennis player. But one time I was, I was bartending this event and Venus and Serena Williams were there. And I was like, so starstruck and the best part of it, it was like this very fancy dinner. Everyone's having champagne and they only had Fiji water and King crab legs didn't have steak or anything. And I was like, damn, those are, that's an athlete. You know, that's a real athlete. They don't even nothing bad for you. I was like, Oh my God, of course. Fiji water is the good stuff though. Um, give yes. them credit. Um, King Richard taught them well. Um, yeah, I, I'm going to, I should say this. There were hosts like sports. It, there was an HQ sports game. So yes. they had a lot of athletes who would come and do like guest like hosting spots and stuff but so i like cross paths but i didn't get to do it with them if that makes sense. yeah i mean i'm gonna deviate from the plan one bit because i didn't know you were like near pro tennis like what what was not near pro but no, i used to play like, like usta when i was younger like yeah. all the like tournaments and stuff i did win two gold medals in the Jewish Olympics. It's also called the Maccabi, Maccabi games, Maccabi games. I don't know, whatever people want to call it. I want to call it both. That's, I mean, that's, come on, don't downplay that accomplishment. That's like, that was cool. That was like on my resume to like apply for colleges and stuff. I'm like, I look back, I'm like, what a fucking loser. I'm like, she has two gold medals from these people are like, the Jews have an Olympics for themselves. (laughs) Of course they do. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and of course yeah um, and of course you won i mean it, i would be on my resume you just got me to stop in my tracks in the middle of this podcast and be like wait uh, sorry i didn't know that so yeah it's, it's valuable my mom plays like national my mom still plays she plays like national tournaments and stuff for her age groups her age group you know over the years she's won nationals before she's very good uh, i'm not as good as my mom but you know it was something i was required to do my whole life and i loved it i was very good at tennis so yeah you know I was decent. I used to play too, and it's easily the sport I was best at. But I used to. Do you ever play like the really whiny baby kids who, like, as soon as you take a set off them, they're kind of like just done and they start yeah. like whipping the ball out of bounds or whatever? <laughs> um, I don't Is know. Is that like, you? <laughs> no, no, 
So you're gonna be like, that was me. Every ball, I'm like, boom, over yeah, the that fence. was me. Everybody hated me. Fuck no. This game. <laughs> I was surprisingly good. I'm not fast. I'm not mm. fast at all, but I can get to the spot on a court. That's okay. my. That's like all you, you have to do, really. You just you just have to get there to the ball. <laughs> yeah. If you were to ask me to brag about one athletic skill, it would be that I'm not quick, but I'm strangely agile at tennis, and I can get I can get where I need to go. I can't run. That's good. But I, get where I need to be. Um, <laughs> what what kind of player were you? Were you like power serve or were you like serve and volley? I had a good serve. Yeah. I'd say I didn't, I, I had a great forehand. I didn't like the net as much. Um, I yeah. could stay back and just play that. And I loved doing that. Yeah. I'm not I mostly, as good now, but it comes back to you a little bit when I get I on the court. I, I play like once a year, but every time I do, I feel good. Like I'd yeah. like to do it more. I'm like, damn, I forgot how good I was at this. You know, I should be yeah. doing this every week. And then I'm like, <laughs> I don't know where I'd go every week. I guess there are places. But yeah, I should be challenging guys, old men in the park, like chess pros, like just playing yeah. tennis. I um, used to teach tennis too, which was annoying. Really? Yeah. Snotty brats. I taught, I taught, I taught at my camp when I worked there. And then I taught brats in Boston for a summer. Ugh, they sucked. They were so, don't make your kids take a tennis lesson if they don't want to play tennis. You know, like this kid was like, I don't like this sport. I'm going to hit balls at your face all day. And that's that was his goal. And I was like, even when I wasn't, you know, hitting a ball to him, feeding him a ball, he'd still pick one up and try to whack me in the face. And I was like, this sucks. That's Boston. That one day we bonded, though, because he was like, I saw Wicked. I love Wicked. And I was like, see, your kid loves Wicked. Maybe I should teach him Wicked songs instead of the sport that he doesn't care about. <laughs> they tried real hard. I'm like, listen to your son, okay? Yeah, he's he likes saying the it theater. out loud. <laughs> the second he gets to tennis, he's saying it out loud. Listen to your damn kid. Um, I mean, it was a beautiful day for me. I'm like, you like Wicked? We can talk about that. We don't have to play tennis. They'll pay me either way. <laughs> God, that's so funny. Um, I, I also, you know, have to ask about this before I sign off. Um, you have recently found a lot of TikTok success and a little bit of it has to do with my beloved New York Knicks. Uh, so talk me through sort of how that came to be and how you got into Madison Square Garden. Sure. Yeah. So I do a, uh, I do a Steve impression, Steve Brady from Sex in the City. And, uh, it's, it's done pretty well. I love Steve. I thought they really screwed up Steve's character in, and just like that. And that's sort of why I took on this role to rewrite his story and give him the journey that he did not have. And yeah, we've done a bunch of these videos. And I said, if this video gets to a million views, I will go to Madison square garden for a New York Knicks game. And it happened. Uh, we got to a million and I was like, all right, Jared, you know, he's my boyfriend and my DP. I said, we got to go to a Knicks game. And we looked up to, they were so expensive because it was the, it was the game where shit, I need to know now. It was, there was a player from Philly who was now on the nets. Uh, yeah, James Harden. James Harden's first game. Oh, Ben Simmons, the big, like, yeah, the opposite <laughs> trade or G yes. yes. And I didn't know this was happening because we kept thinking the tickets will go down. We'll just wait till like the day before. And we ended up spending a lot of money on not even wonderful seats. They were fine. The seats were fine. But, you know, for shooting purposes, I would have liked to have been a little closer. And uh, it was wild. And so we wanted to shoot all, we sh shoot all of it and cut it together. So I literally went in drag as Steve to Madison Square Garden. No one looked at me twice. Like, and I talked to people as Steve and we went around and the best was like, I ordered chicken fingers at one point and they were like, ma'am, do you want any ketchup? And I was like, ma'am, 
look at me. Like I don't <laughs> radiate male energy right now. Anyway, it was a very interesting experiment. Um, I thought that for half the game, I would just, we would watch it as us, but uh, we got it too into it. And like Jared's a perfectionist. So we just, I just stayed in Steve until we left Madison Square Garden. Uh, and we left and we came home and he was like, oh my God, we like went to our first like Knicks game together. And we didn't even get a photo as us. <laughs> I mean, you got a lot of footage. You, you didn't come away empty handed. I mean, the video didn't do as well as I want. It did fine, but it didn't do as well as I wanted for like me being in drag, spending money to go to a Knicks game. But it was very fun. We could even cut another one. There was so much footage of just like me trying to find Miranda, trying to find redheads around the stadium. I mean, yeah. around the, the, around the, what's it called? Stadium. It's not a yeah, stadium. It's an arena. Arena. Thank you. I was like, that doesn't sound right. No, I got you. I got your back. Um, yeah it's yeah it's, it's incredible work you're doing the lord's work um Thank and i you. just i couldn't believe that you were <laughs> that you were able to coexist with a madison square garden crowd dressed like that um just <laughs> talking <laughs> like that there are people next talking to me and like i'm like that. you like this game huh <laughs> you think they're gonna win i don't know if they're gonna take it and they must have thought who the fuck is this person like i better see this in the future because if i don't like of, like what was that like yeah, they're going yeah. home being like who was that what was going on i hope they saw it and they're like wait that person was sitting next to me i don't know we're gonna yeah. do another one um it's been cold in new york but we do have plans to put steve on the court so i did play basketball i was a point guard for in middle school so i mm. i'm gonna have to whip out my skills for this video fantastic and i mean if you're doing it outside you have endless time like yeah you, you know you, you, there's no there's no two and a half hour games you can get seven hours of basketball footage if yeah. you need it just a game of pig or something you know what i mean yeah um, <laughs> staying in the NBA realm, and I will let you go on this. You also do a fantastic Joan Rivers impression. Oh, thank you. It's great. And, and Joan's here, actually. That was Joan. That was not you. <laughs> she pops and up. She's here. She's alive and, and well. Um, I have gathered some of the NBA's best outfits. Um, Amazing. And so I was wondering if you would just do a little bit of Joan Rivers. Just describe what you see. Nervous. Okay. Just react, react, describe what you see. This is uh, this is Russell Westbrook uh, at the Teen Choice Awards. Lakers star Russell Westbrook. Okay, here we have Russell Westbrook, one of the NBA's finest players, and he showed up. What was this? A Teen Choice Awards, looking like he was auditioning for the musical production of Oliver. I hope he books the job. I think we need more athletes in theater. But this guy looks like he's coming straight out of confession, and is has. He, he's, he was in confession when he was seven years old and now he's a big grown man, but he hasn't changed his outfit yet. I, I don't understand it, but I appreciate the religious values that I guess he's holding still. Fantastic. Joan, uh, we've you. also got uh, Washington star Kyle Kuzma. Uh, he wore this pregame. I don't know uh, if you have a take on this. I, I, I'm not sure what this is supposed to be accomplishing. Kyle Kuzma. Well, first of all, I think it's very, very nice of him to raid Mary Kate Olsen's closet. It's very nice of her to lend out outfits. This is a very oversized sweater. I'd say very chic for today, actually. Nobody fits in their clothing anymore. I don't know if you've watched the generation. I don't know what generation he's from, but he's very much fitting in with the TikTokers because you can't even see that he has arms. I think it's great. He has no arms and it's pepped up his mall chic. Yes, this is a 38 foot long pink sweatshirt on a on a normal adult human, not a large man. I mean, a basketball player, but not a large Looks man. Looks comfortable. Yeah. Uh, one final outfit, Joan. I would just Amazing. love your your take on this. Uh, this is what uh, 
Cleveland Cavaliers all-star Jarrett Allen wore to the all-star game. This was, uh, you know, obviously a lot of players love to stand out. This is just what Jarrett wore on, on, you know, his biggest night of the year. This was, this is how he showed off. This is for the all-star game. First of all, I have to say, Jason Sudeikis made the sweatshirt popular at very fancy events. So he's not the first one to look like a schlub. This guy, look, he, he looks like he's trying to get a job at a startup. You know, maybe he's trying to go to a WeWork after this. I don't know. Maybe he, maybe he just came from a movie. I, <laughs> you know, I, can, I gotta say, it's a statement to go dressed like a schlub to a very fancy event. You're gonna stand out. People are gonna talk about it. It's a nice color on him. You know, I don't know that I even wanna see him in something nice. I think, he's, I think he did a wonderful job. You love him just the way he I is. I lost it. Mm -hmm. uh, Joan Rivers, thank you so much for joining. Uh, oh, thank you, Fab. More importantly, Anna Roisman, thank you for joining the sports podcast. Thank you. Thank you for springing that on. You know, I always write my jokes out. I hope those were okay. Those were on the fly, you know. Oof. That's what we do here. That's what we do here. We surprise, we shock, Love we it. awe. Um, you, you had a lot more sports knowledge than you give yourself credit for. So I Thank you. <laughs> thank you for joining the pod. Um, Anna's mom, I, I play tennis. I would love to lose to you. And I would also love a, a dog sweatshirt. So okay. either way, if you could oh, find I'll it in through. your heart, um, I'll draw my mailing address in the episode description. But Anna, thanks so much for joining. Thank you for having me. Anna Roisman, everybody. Follow her on TikTok at Anna Roisman and subscribe to Unemployed. I'm looking at you, Frank Vogel. And now my final flame. The old school versus new school baseball war birthed a new battle this week when Dodgers ace Clayton Kershaw was pulled after seven perfect innings because his pitch count was rising and it was too early in the season. And if those sound like excuses to you, then your ears are finely tuned. You have perfect pitch. You're a regular baseball Beethoven. Well, okay, he was famously deaf, but you're certainly Brahms. And was it any wonder that, just a few miles down the road, Harry Styles was wearing feminine clothes and crooning, Man, I feel like a woman on stage at Coachella? What's that? The game was in Minnesota and Coachella was a few thousand miles down the road? Same country. It happened in the same country. But enough about Styles' ostentatious and intoxicating hemline. This is about a Hall of Fame moment being taken away from one of our nation's greatest left arms ranking just behind Oscar De La Hoya's and right ahead of Camila Cabello's. Whether we try to capture time in a bottle or not, youth is fleeting. And yes, Kershaw's age 34 is youth. Please, God, tell me it's youth. You only get so many bullets in that spectacular arm before you have to reload. And it's St. Peter telling you he's got plenty more bullets over behind the desk for you if you just pop behind the gate. And then before you realize what you did, boom, you're dead. All because you wanted some heavenly bullets. And the worst part is you kind of still think you might get them for a while, but then, no, they're simply not real. Unless... No. Unless... Though he didn't hint whatsoever in his post-game comments that he disagreed with the decision, Kershaw having a perfect game ripped from his hands must feel exactly like the unfortunate circumstances of my senior prom. I was all set up to ask Kitty McConnell to the festivities. There wasn't much suspense, she'd been sending me notes for weeks, saying she couldn't wait for me to ask, would say yes, and would do so gleefully. But then, when the day came and I gallivanted over to our chosen meeting spot like a sprite with a secret, there was no one there but another note, which read, You suck ass. We can't believe you fell for it. 
I'll never know what would have happened if she hadn't been pranked on that very spot, then run away in shame. Such shame that she couldn't find the strength within herself to return and say yes to me as she'd promised. Again, over the course of many notes, all in different handwriting. I never saw her again. Until prom night, of course. On that night, I was like Kershaw, something very perceptible ripped away from me by forces I couldn't control. Kershaw wasn't dealing with prank energy. He had a singular face to blame, in big analytics. But though the percentages may tell you a prom date is all but assured, you simply never know until you read the note. I'm starting to think I got pranked. My thanks to Anna Roisman. We'll see you next Thursday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.